Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. everyone I'm Simon from Sterling Coaching and welcome to today's podcast episode in which I'm joined by my second guest uh, that's currently residing and you'll understand what I mean by the word currently uh, in a short while uh, in <laughs> Dubai uh, Jasmine Navarro uh, welcome to today's podcast. Thank you so much for having me Simon it's a pleasure to be here. Now, I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile here, Jasmine, and it says here that you're an expert family coach, certified coach, qualified teacher, passionate team coach. <laughs> I love the way you're putting emotional word in that experienced <laughs> youth coach uh, and obviously founder of, of your own business, which is a company, a coaching company focused on helping teens and young adults flourish. I'm going to read one other line in your profile because I think yeah, this is where I'm going to ask you just to expand a little bit more. It said, in order to help uh, and inspired by my personal life story, I realized that my role as a teacher had to evolve. Today, I coach teenagers and young adults to find their place in society and become healthy, balanced adults. So, yeah, so as I say, welcome to the podcast. Tell us a little bit about that personal life story. You know, can you give us a condensed version of... <laughs> What, what took you to that point where you realised as a teacher that you had to evolve and where's that brought you to now? Well, I guess it's two things, really. Like mm. I myself, when I was 18, went through a traumatic experience and um, because I, I wasn't taught how to express myself in like healthy ways at all, um, it hit me really badly. And for me, I just decided to leave. Um, right. Well, I don't see it as running away. I just see it as I just had to get out of that situation. And I just left and then um, I began teaching abroad in different countries. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was teaching adults at first and then I started teaching primary and secondary. And, um, and you know, and I guess because of my experiences, my personal experiences myself, yeah. you know, I guess I could see when students needed more than just learning and help with the subjects. Sure. They, they had other needs as well, you know, psychological needs and things like that. And, um, and it was the same, you know, in every country I went to, it was the same kind of story, just in a different country. Mm. Um, and from, from my experience, um, you know, then I came to Dubai and, and I just thought, you know, I've got to do something else. There was such a, my intuition was so strong telling me yeah. there's another purpose. And I always knew there was another purpose for me, but I didn't know how to get out of the teaching. I loved the teaching with the students, but I just yeah. knew it wasn't for me. And then when I came to Dubai, it was the first time I could reflect. And then that's when coaching kind of found me. I know that sounds really cheesy, yeah. but that's what well, happened. Well, no, in fairness, I think, you know, bear in mind most of the, the guests of this podcast have been coaches, consultants, advisors, as well as some business owners. But I think for most of us that coach, for those of us who 
I've done it for a long time or going to do it for a long time, uh, do it because we do fall into it, because it becomes a passion. It becomes something where yeah. very keen to make a difference. I think yeah, those people who become coaches because they just leave corporate, have some money, buy a franchise. And I'm not saying this is wrong for everybody, but yeah, they just get yeah. to the point where yeah, they just doing it because they feel it's something they do next rather than have a passion for it they're the ones that really yeah. don't fit into it so yeah I think most of us do just fall into it yeah oh Definitely. yeah yeah I think you're right actually it happens organically yeah very yeah. organically yeah so how, how long have you been coaching and when did you how long have you been in Dubai as well because obviously you said you've moved around different countries how long in Dubai and how long have you been coaching uh, I've been in Dubai six years and I've been coaching for two years so not that okay. long really yeah. but um but yeah so it took you four years of being to Dubai to work yeah. out what you wanted and to four get years, that space. Yeah. What, exactly. was, there any, was there any particular trigger? Because, yeah, well, I, I found, yeah, I'm, I always wanted to be a coach and I was going to semi-retire when I was 50. Then the 2009 bank crash happened and I, I sold off two businesses and literally always wanted to fall into being a coach, but, you know, got forced to be a coach by that trigger. Was there a trigger point that sort of shifted you from teaching to coaching? Um, I had a bit of a bad experience in my last teaching job. Okay. The one a few years ago. And yeah. so then I decided, you know, I need to take a break. It's like, you know, yeah. I've been teaching for 17 years in 11 countries and I have never really had a break. And it's exhausting teaching yeah. in different countries by yourself. You know, you've got to change your whole entire life. Every time you move countries, you know, your friend's job, I mean, everything. And I was just like, it's time for a break. Um, so I took a break and I had a great time in Dubai, by the way, <laughs> yeah, <good. laughs> you know, the amazing weather, fun. Yeah. And yeah, and it was just then it was the first time I had the break and I could just relax. And that's when I started reflecting. And, and I think I was in a different headspace, different yeah. mindset. And then I set, kept meeting coaches. So then I decided to do the, uh, a course for me, not to become a coach, but to be coached myself yeah. so then I could maybe gain clarity on what I wanted to do next yeah and then during the course it was really hard for me by the way doing the course because <laughs> it gave me so much anxiety and everything but I just knew instinctively I have to do this if I don't go right. through this then I'll never know yeah. what's meant for me so it was just this real strong calling yeah. and then at the end of the course then I realized this is what I need to do yeah um, and then I got certified yeah so it happened organically, but it was because I had that break. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because yeah, if I fit back in my working life uh, and you know, many of those have had in my own business, it's usually some kind of, I don't like to use the word trauma because trauma sounds quite intense, but very often there's some disruption. That, I think so. That causes us to actually stop and say, Oh, just a minute, either enough's enough or yep, yep, yep. Hmm, do you know I feel a little bit uncomfortable and it can be anything that varies between those Definitely. can't it that gets Definitely. us to shift yeah uh, I think it's divine. we have to be grateful for that don't we that's oh, 100 I think it's divine intervention yeah that's what I believe yeah, yeah 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 at the time I was like I can't believe this but now I'm like I'm so glad that happened yeah yeah I mean yeah. I've, I've, I've worked with some dreadful people not not as clients as a coach thankfully but, you know, in, in, when I was employed, I've worked with some dreadful people who have treated me so badly. Really? But the promotions that I had and the businesses I moved from and to 
I really have to thank those people for being so bad because they got me to move. And I have oh, one friend oh, yeah. who had a nice job yeah. and it was nice for 30 years <gasps> and he's never moved from that job and yes. he's just living yes. and lying, you know, a living death. Yes, yes. So exactly. you, know, you have to be grateful for yeah. those bad oh, circumstances yeah. sometimes, don't you? You're right. And you learn in the struggle as yeah. well, all the tools that you learn for yourself when you have to deal with those difficult situations yeah. is character building, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. At the time, it doesn't seem like that. No, no. Um, it's completely opposite, doesn't it? It feels quite destructive. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. You're 100% right. I'd rather live that life than a boring one. Definitely, definitely. So let's talk about what you're drinking now. You've just explained, and for listeners, <laughs> and I know some of your listeners will be listening in the US, so I'm just going to explain. You've just confirmed that <laughs> outside at the moment it's 45 degrees. Oh, yes. Now, that's not Fahrenheit for the American no. listeners. That's centigrade, isn't it? <laughs> that's so centigrade. That, yeah, that is a huge huge number in Fahrenheit. That's, that's got to be over 100, hasn't it? You know, 110, is it? Something like that. Yeah, so, I'm not, not sure. Yeah, so some people, some of the listeners in Arizona might reflect on knowing what that temperature feels like, but for the most of us listening to this, we have no idea what that heat even feels like. So you, you said you're drinking water because obviously you've got to hydrate and you, you're feeling a bit heady uh, yesterday, but... Um, Tell us a little bit more about the, the things that you need to do to cope with that heat. I know we can talk about water all day long, but water's water <laughs> in a lot of things. But you know, what else do you do? I'm more intrigued about how you cope with that heat. What kind of different eating habits and drinking habits do you have to uh, adapt oh, to? That's a really good question, actually, because I probably don't change my eating habits, actually. Okay. Because um, it just creeps up on you, this weather. You know, like right. a month ago, it was probably... 28 degrees I mean it really does creep up it, yeah. yeah it just creeps up um I guess oh yeah water but then I, I always have water on me yeah but, but but now it's like you're just permanently thirsty I'm just permanently thirsty whatever right. I do yeah. just permanently um obviously you've got the AC um yeah. fans um and you know I'm dying to go for a walk I love walking along the beach but the other night I went for a walk along the beach and it was so hot and it was like nine o'clock at night. Really? Um, but I will go. I will go tonight because I just need to go to the beach. But, um, but yeah, I guess it's just like I did yesterday. I went for a walk, a 20 minute walk, which was a mistake. Yeah. You know, um, and obviously as it gets hotter and hotter, you can't walk for 20 minutes. Mm. It's dangerous, actually. Once I walked for about 10 minutes when it was 55 degrees and I nearly collapsed and I was like, Oh no, this is a mistake because it just, you can feel it on your head. And yeah, so I think water and just um, staying out of the sun, like what else can you do? Yeah. And it's, it's, interesting, it's interesting what you say there because very often, you know, I feel thirsty when I'm working or I'm traveling, but I haven't got that habit of keeping water with me. Um, oh really we, we you know here in the uk we don't carry it around you know it's not a habit we have because yeah. one of one of two things one we probably don't need it uh that much um yeah as a as an emergency like sure, you probably sure. do because you're not losing that much salt and that much bodily fluid yeah, yeah. but the other thing is it's usually available quite close to hand so you you know i think this is where lockdowns affected people because you know i've noticed where normally you would just pop into a shop you know we've said things oh we could just do picking that up you can't just go in because now you have to queue now you have to remember to have your mask now you have to remember you know that it's a different way 
of getting yeah. your produce and sometimes they might not have in stock what you want wow. and, that, and wow. that's quite quite difficult so i think it would do us all good to actually just get into the habit of carrying water around with us because yeah, yeah. it does help concentration yeah. Um, yeah i just want to touch on one thing that you mentioned as well and i think this is really important for the listener because i find this working with lots of different organizations around the world that we we very much are a global community and i think you know everybody that thinks they're unique in where they live or the business type of business they have you know they may be true in some aspects but you said there that in teaching children around the world and teaching teenagers you know you found very much to be the same um, yeah i think so what what were the common things because you know i think that's really important because we think the children in sort of america or south america are going to be different to the children in europe or but i think i agree with you you know there is very much a common theme of problems and successes that people have. Just tell us a little bit about what your experience has been of what you've seen across the countries. Well, I think it's, and it's probably not even a children and teenager thing. It's probably a human thing. Mm. You know, we all crave connection, respect, acceptance, yep. you know, and to, yeah, to be accepted, actually. I think that was the key thing, you know, because, and you see it, you know, um, when you're teaching children and teenagers, you know, um, how confident they are. And, you know, they want to share their ideas and they just want to be heard, be seen and heard, basically. Yeah. And I saw that right across the, in all of the countries, you know, they're craving the connection and just to have fun, yeah, be accepted by their friends, you know, not to be left out, um, things like that. You know, they all have, fe- we all have feelings. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess those things that I noticed, you know, the same things would upset them. Yeah. And they are those core human needs, isn't it? And I always remember going to see Tony Robbins way back in the early 2000s. Oh, did you see him? Yes. Oh. I've seen him twice. Oh, brilliant. Now. Oh, really? I've actually got to speak to him one on one as well. But Have sorry, you? That's, a, that's a different story. Oh. You have to listen to a different podcast for that. But uh... I was supposed to see him last year, but it oh, really? got cancelled. Yeah. Yeah, well, I did. I did a couple of his Facebook challenges last year, and I joined one of his VIP groups. Uh, did but, you? Uh, if you listen to one of the podcasts, you'll hear how I missed actually having my question put to him personally. Uh, but but <laughs> yeah, you know, I know he talks about those core human needs, doesn't he? We yeah. all want to be loved. We all want significance. We all want certainty, uncertainty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're, they're common across all continents, aren't exactly, they? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to ask one final question about your story before we moved on to things that you've worked on in your own business and it's that description of being a passionate team coach what do you mean by team coach and what kind of things do you do as a team coach and why the passion for that (laughs) um why the passion well like you said at the beginning you know you need if there's no passion there Mm. what's the point anyway well, that sounds quite a negative thing, but I, I do think that. And it is my passion. My passion is to give the youth a voice. And it's because okay. I didn't have a voice growing up. For whatever reason, I didn't feel like I could express my, my true self, you know? So I am very passionate about that because if I'd have known these tools and techniques growing up, my life would have been maybe easy, a little bit easier, maybe. But then, of course, I don't regret anything because I had an amazing travel experience and I learned so yeah. much. 
But um, yeah, so I love working with teens, listening to them. You know, they, uh, they say, don't they, children are here to teach us. And I really, really do believe that. And, um, yeah. you know, I have my podcast as well that I have for teenagers. And, you know, they're so creative, full of ideas. And if, you, if you're there, if they get what they need, they can be, you know, whoever they need to be. And I just find that so, um, just watching them sort of blossom. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. And it's interesting you say there uh, about a podcast because you know, as some of the people listening to this are probably thinking, you know, it, it sounds a great cause and uh, you know, a very worthwhile sort of uh, mission to be on, but it doesn't sound like one that particularly is going to be good for doing a business because you know my, my initial instinct is to think, well, teams aren't going to be able to pay for coaching and I want to do this as a business. So how, how do you monetize that? Is this contribution? Uh, just, just explain to the listeners a little bit about how that is something that works and fits with the model of you know, how you run the business as well. Well, I guess um, it's not all about, you know, the money for me, that's yeah. for sure. Um, I get so much, of course, money, you need money to run a business, but I get so much out of this myself okay. you know helping these teams because it helps me as well and it's just changed my life all of it but um but yes yeah, so I guess the young adults they talk about challenging teen experiences and it, it's to help parents as well you know parents are the ones who are paying for the sessions and the okay. different workshops that I do so it is for parents as well but it's it's just giving you know hearing the teens point of view giving them a, a voice to actually share you know, the, yeah. some a lot of the time parents don't know what to do. So, ah, okay. So, yeah. yeah. So they, the 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 teams are the people who benefit primarily because that's your your mission. But it's the it's the other beneficiaries of of that the the parents that are going to be the ones that are going to be the people who pay you for it. Exactly, exactly, because yeah. it benefits them as well. You know, you can't just work with teens. It's a whole family yeah. dynamic that you need yeah. to focus so what, on. What, and I'm digging a little bit deeper in this, but when you market, because I think this is important for anybody who's running any business, when you market, how do you target? Are you targeting the teens and the parents, just the parents? Just explain a little bit about that. Um, targeting the parents. Yeah. But, um, but I work with teens as well like with different projects and things because right. it helps me be more creative as well and I love their creativity it's all about finding creativity as well so you know I'm helping them they're helping me and and then and then with so that's kind of something that I enjoy anyway and it does help the business because it helps me be creative and and that yeah. and they give me you know data as well because they tell me what's going on what are yeah, the problems yeah. what what do they need yeah. you know what you know, what would they like more of? What are they not getting? So then I can work on that in my workshops as well. And then, um, and then the parents, yeah, I target them separately. Yeah, because I mean, I used to call this uh, the Kellogg's effect. You know, if you think about Kellogg's cornflakes, they, <laughs> yeah. have, they have two customers, don't they? They have the supermarkets who oh. need to buy them to put them on the shelf. Yeah. But if they just sold to the supermarkets, <laughs> even though the supermarkets are the ones that pay for them, that would be a shallow sale because it just sit down on the shelf. So they have to sell to us, the users as well, don't they? Because if they don't get yeah. us excited about buying Kellogg's cornflakes, 
we're not going to go into the store and say we're the kettle of conflict so you you're always trying to yeah. sell to those two two audiences aren't you exactly that's a good point actually and, and the yeah. one you've got to sell to primarily uh, are the parents because they're paying but parents. you've got to get the buy-in for the teams, I should imagine, as well, because if they don't want it, they're not going to engage with it, are they? So I can see exactly getting that getting that data and getting that feedback from them is really important. Exactly, exactly. So you're building two relationships, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's quite difficult because for most of us, it's difficult enough wielding one, <laughs> never mind wielding I two. I, I don't know if it's difficult. I just think it's different. Mm, okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't say, yeah. Different, yeah, I like that. It's different, yeah. <laughs> so let's let's talk about uh, you know a little bit about your business. Then, what what's been in the last couple of years? What's been the the most significant uh, thing that you've actually worked on that you would like to share? Something that's evolved, something that you've fixed, or something that you've worked on? Um, I don't think there's just one thing. I just think it's all of the small things that I've done that have made it my business. You know, um, you know, like with the podcast, um, with my blogs, which are really authentic, um, my workshops that I've created, I've done like 10 workshops and I put them into a course, an online course. So that was quite, um, I had to record about hundred videos. Um, yeah. So I just think it's not one thing. It's the whole journey of it for me, because it was, it's been my personal journey as well, you know, so and I just feel like each step I take, I evolve and then I can give more. Yeah. And then, you know, because so many people say to me, oh, so, you know, what's your plan or da, da, da. But it's like, I don't have like, I just trust that once I've done this step, the next step will appear. And I just keep going like that. So yeah. it's, it's very organic. And, um, and that's how I work. And, and it feels right. And my yeah. whole body, it just feels right. So and I know that sounds... Um, I'm just following my intuition. Yeah, you, you just reminded me, I, I worked with a, a coach some some years ago and yeah, I was very much a person who liked to look at big lofty goals and you know, if you want to climb Everest, you look at the summit and you focus on the summit and you get up there. And I read yeah. um, Bear Grylls' autobiography. Oh, right. And I think it's Mud, Sweat and Tears or something. And oh, he yeah. talks about the fact, and I never realised this, that when you're climbing... Everest you go up in base camps but you don't just go up in a linear format you go up back down up to mm. back down one and you you've by the time you get to the top of Everest you've climbed it multiple times because you're going up and down wow and uh, this particular coach when I was working with her she really struggled to focus on the big goals and it was paralyzing so on the back of her door and I, you know I'm just mentioning this because it ties in with what you said there Jasmine she actually she put the, the big goal, but she drew footsteps on this big sheet of paper and each one was a step to take. And by looking at each step, just one in front of the other, yeah. that's how she got to the top. Wow, I love that. Uh, and love she that. physically drew it on, on this you know, set of papers on the back of a door so she could see the steps that she was taking. Wow. No, that's great. That's a great way to do it as well. I think... As well, I think you know when you're moving forward, don't you? Yes. You know when you're moving forward. So I'm just trusting that at the moment. I do write and things like that. And maybe yeah. drawing could be a good thing as well. But I think, I think you know if it's... You've got to trust yourself ultimately yeah. at the end of it all. Yeah. And it's much better than standing still. 
isn't it? Because standing still is just <gasps> dying where you are, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah, yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Sometimes you feel like you're standing still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but then you just have to check in and say, yeah. nope, I'm moving, I'm moving. Uh, and I think that's important as well that you've just said there, and listeners, you need to pick up on this, that you know, taking one step at a time, I think, is, is a great example. And as long as the step is evolving, I love the way you said that. But it's also what you just said there. You do have to check in, don't you? You have to make sure yes. that you actually are moving. Yeah, yeah, you've got to. keep yeah. the momentum going, definitely. The reflection, yeah, reflect. Yeah. So how can people find out more about you, Jasmine? How can they um, connect with you? What? How would you like the listeners to reach out to you? Yeah, I mean, obviously on LinkedIn or my website with nava.com. And, okay. um, and that's nava.com. Yes, that's it. That's it. It's right. my name, the beginning of my name, <laughs> Navarro. Right, great. Um, and LinkedIn profile? Yeah, it's just my, my name. Okay. Uh, and that's Jasmine, which is J A S M I N E. Just give listeners plenty of time. I'm to sorry, yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And then Navarro is N A V A R O. So if you search Brilliant. for that, yeah, they'll they'll find you on LinkedIn. Yes, hopefully. Right. There's a few of us, but anyway, but yeah. There is actually. Yeah. I was surprised. Yeah, I you know. When, me when too. Sheila first introduced us, and I thought, oh, I'll connect with her on LinkedIn, it was like, oh, that's quite a few. I know, exactly. Yeah. So from a point of view of giving listeners something to to take away, what would be a tip or a lesson that you feel that the listeners could take from you that they can do something with? I feel like, I know this is going to sound really cheesy, but you know, it's all about the relationship you have with yourself. Um, everything starts with us. It's inside us. You know, what we experience on the outside is just a reflection of us. I mean, once I started really realizing that, that's what's actually changed you know, my life in a positive way. You know, okay. everything is about us and how we see things. And so, you know, you've got to be kind to yourself. Yep. Yeah. Where, where would somebody start with that? Because you know, I think I know, this it's is, isn't it? yeah, this is, this is usually, you know, uh, the, the issue for a lot of the listeners. It's, it's knowing that, like you said, with the steps, knowing that first step that they've got to take. So if there was somewhere that you would suggest that people start, where would I think that be? it's awareness isn't it it's, it's self-awareness so I guess the first step would be to know you know how like what words do they say to themselves when they wake up in the morning when they look in the mirror like yeah. what, what comes to mind you know do they say oh no um <laughs> you know well you can say that sometimes but but what what are they saying to themselves when yeah. they look in the mirror I think that's a good place to start yeah to be aware of their thoughts you know, write down your thoughts. Some people like writing, some people like walking along the beach to connect with themselves. You know, how do they connect with themselves? How do they express themselves? Where do they feel most comfortable? You know, I think those things start off with that. And then gradually you can start to, go, to get to a place where you can make conscious choices about, actually, I don't want to say that to myself anymore. It's not serving me. Okay, let's change it. No. You know, but yeah. And I think... Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I think, listeners, that's that's something that we probably all do. And we all have that perhaps wording in our minds of 
Ugh, another day. <laughs> yeah, if we're saying things like that, um, <laughs> if we're thinking things like that, that's a good place to start. So I think the mirror actually is a really good place. I think Jasmine sharing that with us, it might be quite uncomfortable. But I think that's yeah. what we're talking about right at the beginning. Isn't it? If it's so uncomfortable, do something about it. Change Do it. it. And and actually get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, um, yeah. yeah. I've just been listening to um, the autobiography of Captain Tom Moore, you know, the guy in the UK who raised all the money for the National Health Service. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I've just been listening to Chapter Quite 9, and yeah. he's talking about, it's a great book. Yeah. Very, very honest book. Uh, yeah. And it might, it, some of it might not be appropriate for some people uh, in how he reacts with his first wife. Uh, in particular, I didn't even realize he'd been married twice. But the honesty, it, I like it. Yeah. In chapter nine, he talks about the fact that he, he got curvature of the spine, which was uh, something his father struggled with as well. And he said, I used to walk by shop windows and just look at myself and think, oh, that poor chap. And I'd see this person huddled up. Oh, he my says, God. So I stopped looking because I realised that I wasn't that chap and I didn't want to feel pity for myself. I yeah. wanted to do something different. And he never let that perception of himself as that poor chap getting his way. And that's yeah. when he, you know, he said, you, I can be hunched over, but I can still stand tall in myself. Wow. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And even in that realisation, even though he decided not to keep looking in the shop windows because he decided that wasn't a person he was going to be, he was yeah, going to be yeah, different yeah. to that. Didn't so help I think him, that, he didn't want it. No, so I think you've given us a, a, a great tip there of looking in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, we're all going to be doing it tomorrow morning now. When we get up and we sort of just wipe our faces or do and whatever we it. do. Yeah, yeah we can it. change what we say. Yeah. That's or it. It might be something great. And if it's great, embrace it. Brilliant. It and step forward with it. Oh, yeah, but I think yeah, if we, exactly. If we do that and find some way of using it for good and for evolving, as you say, to move us forward, I think that would be a great thing for us to do. Yeah, yeah. Words matter, yeah. So if you're going to have your next drink, Jasmine, in a dream location, now this is, listeners, I'm asking somebody who has travelled. I've only moved house twice, okay? <laughs> so so I'm somebody who, well, three times, if you include moving out of my parents' house. So I'm not somebody who's got much experience of traveling, although I love uh, holidays elsewhere. But if you could pick Jasmine somewhere, either somewhere you want to go to or somewhere you have been as a dream location to have your next tea. <laughs> tea. Uh, I'm going to talk about the tea. We're not going to get into the Tetley and the PG <laughs> scenario. I've already scared you on that already. Uh, but if you're going to have your next sort of drink of choice somewhere in a dream location, where would it be? I'm thinking of three places. Is Ooh, that okay. Yeah, yeah. Too many. These are the places that I haven't been and I really want to go. Okay. Portugal, I guess, because that's just in the news all the time now. So Portugal. Yeah, we all want to go to Portugal. Don't we? we keep seeing it on the news. We all want to go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, Bali, because I've just got to just see Bali, what it's all about. Yeah. Um, and an island in Thailand somewhere. Okay. Asia, definitely Asia. Asia but also yeah. I'm thinking Portugal. Yeah. See, it's interesting you say Bali because uh, I, I used to have a guy who used to work for me at uh, a garden centre that I owned and he moved to New Zealand. Oh, really? And uh, when he came home, he would always stop in Bali. Yeah. On the way yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That was his exactly. place of choice. But yeah, Fuji, uh, I, when I first went to see Tony Robbins, I decided I was <gasps> going to go and do his challenge yeah. and go to Fuji. Oh my God, did you do that one? No, oh, I wow. didn't. 
Oh, uh, he didn't. I tell you, I tell you for why. And I'll <laughs> share this because this is uh, something listeners don't know. I saved the money to go to Fiji, and it was about fifteen thousand pounds. I worked out I needed for the the entire trip, yeah, a little bit yeah. of a vacation afterwards, uh, yeah. and everything else. Uh, but going to see Tony Robbins the second time because I went back to see him the year after. Uh, and he told the story about flying the helicopter over the waves and the, seeing the dolphins swimming in the surf. And yeah. that particular, I thought, helicopter flying. Oh, I'd love to do that. So I, I had an opportunity and I used the savings for Fiji and I learned to fly a helicopter and I bought my own helicopter instead. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, both of them were inspired by Tony Robbins. But, yeah, that's what that's what got me because I had the money set to one side and that paid for my lessons to learn to wow. fly a helicopter yeah it triggered something in you that's yeah. amazing yeah, yeah. so I, so wow. if, if i was going to have some somewhere to mention today as a it might be a different dream location on the next guest i speak to but at the moment yeah by saying bali that's reminded me that i'd love to go to fiji okay that, that's made me think okay bali needs to be first then yes yeah i agree yeah bali yeah. needs to be so first. final Wait, part of the question then just to help all the listeners get a picture of this yeah would it be sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Pick definitely. a time. Sunset, definitely. Sunset. Great. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, amazing. Definitely. It's polarizing. Some people say sunrise. Some people say sunset. Yeah, for me, I, I'm never up early enough to see the sunrise. Yeah. Uh, I'm up yeah. early, but never enough to yeah, see it. Yeah, so yeah. it had to be a sunset for me. And the sunsets here are just out of this world. Out really? of this world. You never get, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if it's because it's we're in the desert or what, but yeah. it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. If, if you were to ask my wife Angela where her dream location would be to have, you know, uh, some kind of cocktail or something like that, or just a drink, yeah. she would choose Dubai. She's always wanted to go to Dubai. It's, it's really? a place of choice. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. Well, yeah, the sun sets here with a cocktail. Yes. Not this time of year, November yeah. to April. Right. Okay. I'll... Best time to go. I'll put that in the diary then. And if you need any help or anything, just let me know. <laughs> Will do. So listeners, you, uh, you've taken some great things away from Jasmine. You know where to connect with her. Go to the, uh, to the website, uh, uh, nava.com, N-A-V-A.com. Yep. Uh, and search for Jasmine Navarro, and that's N-A-V-A-R-R-O. And if you're not sure which one, then look for the passionate team coach. I'm sure that will narrow that down. I don't think there's many that uh, would want to coach teens. I think you've got quite a oh, narrow really? niche, quite a narrow niche or niche there, whichever way we're going to pronounce it. But yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Yes, you're definitely excluding me from that niche. I wouldn't want to work uh, with teens. That would be my worst nightmare. Of no way, really. I've got I've got no children, but that would be my, my worst nightmare. Wow. Sorry if any teens are listening to That's this. Interesting. Sure you That's interesting. That's interesting. But not my a lot thing. of people say that. A lot of people say that, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's funny, yeah. isn't it? But it's a passion, so I love that. Uh, so thank you very much for giving up your time. Uh, it thank was quite so a, a unique introduction um from, from yeah. Sheila and we'll talk about that uh, just quickly after we jump off the call. But thank you very much for giving your time. It's really appreciated. Thank you for also jumping on this when you actually don't feel too good because you've got a heavy head after being in the sun yesterday so i really appreciate that and oh, you've nice. still been a bundle of energy a bundle of joy and we've really enjoyed having you on the podcast thank you very much thank you very much simon thank you and listeners as you know this is part of my mission to help businesses around the world be more aware and 
you know, Jasmine has given us so many things about awareness, but the most important thing to do with that and the tip to take away is do what she said, look in the mirror. What do you say to yourself when you look in the mirror tomorrow morning? And how can you use that to move you forward? How can you move that next step forward by having that inspiration of what are you saying to yourself in the mirror? And of course, we've had some good education. Uh, I love the fact that you've talked about, you know, the passion for giving youth a voice and you know, each step, let each of us go out there after this podcast and make sure that each step we take is moving us forward and it's helping us evolve as well. And I think listeners, you've had some great educational tips of how to do that today. And I look forward to seeing you and having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Bye, thanks.